The Bulls have three seconds to try a shot and try to win the game. This is the Notebook Wagering Podcast. Five seconds left in the game. Do you believe in miracles? Yes! Coming to you from the betting deck. Don't believe what I just saw. Here are your hosts. Hey, happy Monday, everybody. We got the boys here at Notebook Wagering. We are without Q tonight, but uh, I'm going to kind of lead this ship. We got JCAM34 with us. We got Smitty Bucks with us. And we are going to talk round two of the SEC and go over the SEC West. We're going to hit everybody with a little win totals, some pizza money flyers, maybe a couple dark horse Heisman picks. We're going to give out Q's picks, too. He's taking a little family vacay, much needed. And let's see, Smitty, give us a little show rant here to fire us up. Show rant? I don't have a rant tonight. Uh, I'm just going to I'm gonna plug two things. I'm going to plug our last show, I think, was our best show. We had a great guest on, Steve Tannehill, South Carolina legend. And I'm also going to plug... Big Fat Winners, there are boys. They start tomorrow night, good friends of the show, and we're going to do a friendly competition with them. But I think their Skippy Boy and The Edge are going to do a show tomorrow night and get that out. So, again, if you listen to us and you don't know who they are, give them a listen to. It's it's just uh, good people doing great information. And if you listen to both shows, you're going to get a lot of winners this year. Awesome. Yeah, please, everybody. I mean, I don't want to pump it up too much, but the show with Steve Tannehill was absolute gold, in our opinion, and probably our best show ever. He's a class act. He's also super funny, yet super knowledgeable. Just an easy listen. Give yourself a little hour, kick back, relax. Kaminsky, you got anything to fire off quick? I don't. I'm excited to uh, look at the SEC best. You got the uh, seven of the best nine SEC teams are on this side. So this is the side really worth talking about. We kind of grinded through the East and now we get to talk about some teams that can actually do some damage this year. Perfect. So what we'll do is, so we actually hold everybody's interest here. We're going to start from the bottom up. I don't want to fire off the powerhouses and be like, Oh, well, we could have told you that. Well, maybe we'll kick in there. Somebody who's a little different, but I'll go first here. We're going to go over some win totals. We're going to start with, Arkansas Razorbacks. Uh, we have them at over under five and a half wins. I am actually going to start out and I'm going to hit them as the seven seed in the West and I'm going to hit them with an under. I think they're going to go four and eight. Uh, they just, they're a little devoid of talent yet, but I actually think they are trending in the right direction. I just don't think they have the horses to even compete in this West division. They do have two cupcakes on the schedule. Actually, I'm sorry, three cupcakes on the schedule with Rice, who's basically not a cupcake anymore, though. Georgia Southern and Arkansas Pine Bluff. So I think we can pencil them in for three wins. And then I think they're going to go through the ringer. I think the West, the best, is going to eat them up. So I have the Razorbacks starting out at four and eight this year. Not so great things in Little Rock there then. Uh, I mean, it it is tough. They get Texas early, 
which will be interesting because that's pretty early on in the uh, Sarkeesian era. Um, yeah, they had some pretty good rough road games there. You got at Georgia, at LSU. Looks like they get – oh, and at Alabama. That's brutal. You get the top three teams in the West, and they're all uh, on the road. Uh, so, yeah, I, I definitely can see that. I mean, this was a team that played pretty well last year. I mean, they didn't really show into wins and losses, but, you know, in the games actually themselves, I think they were pretty solid and uh, kind of made a lot out of nothing. So, uh, yeah, looking at this team, I mean, Rice, I think, is a win. Uh, Georgia Southern is a win. Um, probably will get Auburn at home. Probably, I think they have a, a Mississippi State at home, maybe. So, yeah, no, that's it's kind of a tough season. They're just in an absolute meat grinder in this division. Probably no team or program is getting beaten up more by just being in this really, really tough conference for, what, the last, I think, 15 years where they just have basically can't come up for air. Yeah, I think I'm looking at the, the schedule here, and we're just going to do, you know, I agree with you guys. We've got Rice, their big favorites, Texas their dogs, Georgia Southern. So they could they go two and one there? I kind of like that. And I kind of agree with you guys. I think this, I think this team is, this new coach is starting to build it a little bit here. But then A&M dog, Georgia dog, Ole Miss dog, that's a tough slate of games right there, man. That's three in a row. And then, you, you know, you go, you get Texas A&M at home. I, you know, I don't know. I, I think A&M will handle them. But then Georgia, Ole Miss, Auburn, they're three and a half point dogs. Arkansas, Pine Bluff. I think we could fill a team and Maddie could run quarterback and I can run a little slot wide receiver. And I think we'd be in okay shape there. I, I don't know. I'm going to go. I had them again. I have them at five and a half. That was Vegas. Is that what we're getting here? Five and a half. Yeah. I have five and a half shade 137 to the under. Yeah, I had them again. I, I said this last show. I have two num two game, you know, two numbers where I think they could fall. I'd probably go, I'm four, four wins, five wins. I'm gonna lean more with the four wins, so I'd probably take the under. Yeah, they're definitely not devoid of talent, especially on the defensive end. Uh Jalen Catalan is a really good DB and the middle linebacker, uh Grant Morgan but their depth is just so questionable. And when they're playing these powerhouses, man, they're going to, I think they're going to still get pushed around. They are getting better at recruiting too. It's an, it's an up and, like I said, it's an up and coming program. They got the arrow up, but I, they're still two years away probably from even mediocrity in, in the West. If they're in the East, they might be able to go seven and five and pull out a, a nice little bowl game, but not in the West. It's just too tough. You know, this is a team that, if you look, they have 19 returning starters. I'm seeing nine on offense, 10 on defense. So, like you said, Matt, their defense is not bad. I think it is depth. I think they're going to add to it. I think – I agree. I think it's a team that's on the rise. I think it's going to be a tough season again. But I think good things are coming for this program. All right, let's keep it rolling. We're going to jump to um, – this is going to be the number six team in the West, although they are not my number six team in the West. Um, I'm going to go with the consensus, and this is the Mississippi State Bulldogs with one Mike, the Pirate Leech there. I, You know what we forgot, though? I'm going to jump in real quick. We forgot uh -oh. Hughes. Hughes. Oh, we oh, can't forget about him. He's going to be down on the beach throwing a fit if we don't get his play in here. Q had them at three and nine. 
Oh, well, they're going to hate him. So we should probably not. Have done <laughs> All you Arkansas fans out there. Thank you. Hate mail, please. Send it to Myrtle Beach right now, everybody. Myrtle Beach. Sorry, Cube. All right. Back to Mississippi State. So I'm going to go as their win total. We have them at five and a half wins also. Um, over under odds, both that are minus 113 from what I'm seeing. I actually like this to be on the number, but if I'm going to play the number, I'm probably going to go over. And the only reason I think they could go over is I think Leach is going to pull out all the stops, get a little crazy like he used to back in the heyday. I see three guaranteed wins on their schedule. Now, that's still three more they got to come up with. They, I, I'm going to give them a loss to Bama, a loss to AM, and and a loss to LSU. I think they can sneak out a win against Memphis. I think they can sneak out a win against Kentucky. And I think they can beat their rival Mississippi in the finale or even Auburn. And I think they can get to uh, six wins here and go over the five and a half. This is actually a pretty good overall. Like, I'd give this team an overall grade of a B. In my opinion, they got eight returning starters on both sides of the ball. They're not super flashy, but I think Leach is going to do something here that no one's going to see. And they might surprise us here. They, I think they can get to a bowl game this year at six and six. Six and six sounds about right. Um, I think, you know, the defense is better than you think. You know, you think Mike Leach, you think offense, you think uh, air raid, um, but their best talents on the defensive side of the ball still. Um, the offensive line is probably the biggest question mark uh, besides maybe quarterback, but they had Rodgers in last year. He got some reps. So, you know, year two in that offense, he's a much better fit than KJ Costello was last year who kind of really struggled. You know, he was used to Stanford turn around play action. Uh, wasn't used to pushing the ball down the field or um, a high accuracy quarterback. So you look at it though, it's kind of works the other way. You know, we talked about how hard uh, Arkansas's road schedule was. Well, you know, Mississippi State kind of gets all of the tough guys, you know, at home. But, you know, that actually probably makes their schedule a little more tricky because they're going on the road against the teams that they probably need to beat to get to a bowl game. And it's probably it's going to add a little more difficulty. Um, yeah, six and six. I was I got them at uh, the six is the number. It's shaved 113. So it's actually just right on uh, the juice. Um, yeah, that seems like a good number to me. Um, if anything, I'd probably say just a little uh, under just because, like I said, it, it's a brutal schedule in the SEC West. You know, NC State at home, you know, probably going to be down this year. Um, and then going to Memphis, that's actually kind of a rivalry game. So it's not too far away from Jackson. Um, and uh, this could be a game that where they kind of, you know, Rick, Mike Leach teams always seem to have that problem start getting out of the gate. And that could be a game that they drop the credit cost in that 6-6 six and six season. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lead lean under, but not a strong play on it. And you know, looking at their schedule, I don't see anything that jumps out as a kind of a, you know, rub your hands kind of, oh, can't wait till that game comes around. Um, it's something that or a trap game or something where they can sneak up on somebody and win a little extra money. So I'm going to go five and seven. Leach usually starts second year. It starts turning around. If you look at his programs, Christy Freud, we had on a couple weeks ago is going to start covering this team. She's high on this team. I kind of like, I, I mean, I love Mike Leach. You got Rogers started the final six games, got some big wins. They do have a sneaky transfer, Jake 
Abraham out of Southern Miss, good quarterback there, tore it up in the spring game, did really well. Uh, offensive line, returning four starters. Defense, secondary should be okay. You know, I you guys hit on some great games. I, they're big favorites at Louisiana Tech. Then they get NC State at home, their favorite by five. Then they go to Memphis, only two and a half, their dogs. Then LSU at home, their dogs only by one and a half. There's some sneaky games in here that I think they can steal. I had them, again, Vegas has them about six wins. I had that six to seven. Where would I lean? I'm going to lean the seven wins and take the over. Wow, nice. Love it. I'm on board with you. LSU will be interesting because that was a, a shock coming out of the gate last year where, uh, you know, LSU had no answers for the air raid offense, but uh, they've got new coordinators and uh, we'll see how they adjust accordingly. You got to think that the Tigers have that circle this year because they basically got embarrassed right out of the gate. Defending well, I, think, the title. I think if you look what I'm looking at here, number wise guys, there's just so many like the NC States minus five Memphis is plus two and a half LSU plus one and a half. Then you come down later. I mean, they only have them minus 12 right now at Vandy, which, I mean, if you listen to the last show, you know our thoughts on Vandy. Uh, Kentucky's minus three. Arkansas, at Arkansas, plus two. Auburn, plus nine. Last game of the year, Old Miss. Egg Bowl, minus two. Man, there's some games. It could it could be really good. It could go really sour, I guess. It's going to be close. I, I like, again, it's what you think. I'm going to go with the old, like I said, two years. His program starts turning around. Like Jason said, I think you have better fits at quarterback this year. Secondary is not bad in defense. I think they can get the seven wins. Smith, you want to give Q's number out? Yeah, let me uh, dive in here. Uh, Hold on here. Got to bring it up here. We can't forget about our guy here. Q has Mississippi State six and six. I think that's I think that's the solid number. I'd love to see a seven and five come back and run away with this over, but not sure. I'm going to throw out two tidbits real quick. So we we just touched on Arkansas. Arkansas reportedly, per Phil Steele, I'll give a little shout out to, has Arkansas as the hardest schedule in the country this year. That was actually Mississippi State last year with the second hardest schedule. This year they he has them at the 25th hardest. I think they can easily get two wins this year as opposed to last year, which puts them on that six and six and still hits the over five and a half. So I, I think for anybody listening to bettering wise out there, look that over. Don't, don't go buck wild on it, but Hey, throw a little something, something on there. I agree with you. I, I would play, I'd play the over. I think you can get a good number there. I I'd take a chance on the, and again, we're big Mike Leach fans here. I mean, on the show. So and I know Christy Freud, I, I'm just saying, I think she's a smart cookie. She knows what she's talking about. I know she's covering the team. So sometimes she has to say maybe some positive things, but I think she's kind of one of those people that would call them out too. She was highly, you know, she's pretty high on them. So I, I, I might take a shot on that myself and take a little overplay on uh, Mississippi State there. Awesome. Let's keep it rolling. Uh, let's go with the number five team in the west i think a lot of people are going to lean auburn here but I'm, we're going to dig into i'm going to go with old miss give me a little bit of the mississippi rebels here i think here we go we have one of the 
biggest lightning rods ever. We got Mr. Lane Kiffin we get to talk about here. This is a huge offensive team, and they're going to blast away this year. But my decision here is I think they're going to go. So we have the over-under odds with Mississippi at seven and a half wins. The over odds are minus 139, under plus 110. Honestly, I have them on my sheet at seven and five. I would look to the under and get that plus number. I think this is a tricky schedule for them. I also think a lot of guys do not like Lane Kiffin and are going to want to put a beat down on him. Now, their schedule shapes up pretty well, especially down the stretch. So they got an easy start. They go Louisville, Austin, P, Tulane into a bye. You got to think they start out 3-0. Then they hit Bama, Arkansas, Tennessee, LSU, Auburn. There's the nitty-gritty. And then they finish up a little easier with Liberty, who's tricky, A&M, Vandy, Mississippi State. Can they get to eight wins? Easily. They have 17 returning starters. It's a really good offense. But if I'm looking, I'm going to lean this under. And it's more of a gut play, I think, for me. It's probably something I'm not going to touch. But it all comes down to their quarterback, Matt Coral, who actually they have rated as the best quarterback right now in the SEC. I can't buy it yet, but he does have the coach to get him rolling. What do you guys think? Well, I mean, Coral did have a 177 quarterback rating last year. So, I mean, basically what you have here is a Big 12 team playing in the SEC. Like, there's a lot of offense. They're going to put up some points. The defense is atrocious. And uh, they've brought in lots of bodies to make it work. But we'll see if it happens that way. Um, no, I mean, you look at the schedule. And I think I find seven wins fairly easily. Um, I think Auburn at Auburn is going to be coming off LSU those two games are going to determine whether they go over or under on the uh, seven and a half. Um, yeah. I mean, it's, it's Lane Kiffin. It's interesting. I mean, it's kind of the way he's always gone about his programs where he builds through the offense first or he finds places with offense. They score a lot of points and then he usually improves the defense while he's there. Um, I mean, it's a fun team. I think it's going to be entertaining to watch and the SEC can be kind of somewhat kind of boring. You know, even we just talked about Mississippi, Mississippi state, you know, that's a team that throws the ball a lot, but they play slow, and those games, you know, can be a bit tedious, um, just, you know, nickel and diamond down the field. Um, I think it's going to be a fun schedule. I mean, I think that Liberty game on November 6th at home is going to be a lot of fun. That could mean a lot to Liberty, you know, and that's already, what, eight games into the SEC schedule. This could be a fairly beat-up Ole Miss team looking ahead to A&M the next week. Like, I, I'm going to circle that as a trap game, depending on what the line is. I mean, do you have the line for that? Right now, it has uh, minus eight and a half old mess. Yeah, I would think I would take Liberty plus eight and a half right now. I think the only concern there would just be teams like that, like Liberty last year, tend not to get the magic the second year around. And who knows what they'll be like by November. But um, that seems like value to me. Um, yeah, I would actually lean over. I just think, um, you know, I think they're going to try whatever they can on defense. And I think they can score enough points to at least beat the bottom of the division. Obviously, he's going to struggle against the top, and there's probably going to be some ugly scores against Bama and AM. and uh, Maybe LSU, depending on how it goes. But, uh, yeah, I'm, gonna, I'm actually going to lean over the 7.5 here. I'm going to follow the juice. Um, I think it's going to be a fun team. It's kind, of, it's kind of neat to have a coach like that who's going to stir the pot a little bit uh, down the SEC. That's, there's a lot of charismatic coaches in this side, and he's definitely one of them. 
I agree. I, I love the over on this. I had this, I had this eight to nine wins, maybe even over that. I love this team. Love the quarterback. I'm going to, you know, I'll hit on Q. I know a little bit what Q thinks of this team and the quarterback, but I love it. Jason said it well. A lot of defensive transfers came in trying to, they gave up, man, they act like 38 points last year. I mean, can somebody stop somebody? You better bring in transfers. So hopefully that that works. Um, you know, four offensive guys coming back on the line. They better pass block for Carl uh, pretty good. Good running backs. I like both their running backs they have on this. You know, if you look, their favorite right now, seven games. I agree with what you guys, that Liberty game's big. I, I don't know that, man, that, does that just scream teaser king? I might have to get the crown and the cape out for that weekend, <laughs> Liberty on that. But, you know, you look, where are the close games? Well, LSU right now, more or less a pick them at home. Uh, I'm shocked that they're uh, – I'm kind of surprised they're dogs right now. What I'm looking at at Mississippi state for the egg bowl. I mean, I get it. It's a big game. I, I would have just thought it was maybe be reversed in that. So I love the over I'm very high. This is, I had three teams that I'm extremely high on uh, coming into the season, maybe even four. And this is one that I think I'm going to lay some uh, money down myself. I like the over with old Miss. And Q. Yeah, I wish I could get on board with you guys, but I think I'm going to grab that plus number. Uh, just a little fun money on it and, and hope for a couple stinkers in there. Um, that, what, what's Q have these guys at? Well, and I know Q, Q's not high on the quarterback. I mean, and I, I agree. I mean, I, diving into it, a lot of interception problems. They do like to go down, take some shots downfield. He throws it sometimes. There's interceptions. He, I think, ran into problems last year in one game. I think he threw a ton of INTs. Q has them at eight and four. Well, so he's has them pretty easy over the number then. He might be higher than we think on them. Maybe I'm the uh, outlier here. <laughs> might be on that. I, I love this team. One of my favorite teams. I think they're going to put a lot of points on. I think they'll make enough stops. I think. Well, I do want to touch on that, Smitty, since you're bringing up the points, points, and points. I think this is the team to look at for overs this year. I mean, I mean, they dropped a lot of big numbers here. 86 total, 83 total, 111 total. They really only had two games, three games under 65 total, it looks like. I mean, if you can see these guys anywhere at a 65 over under for the game, I might throw money on the 65 over all, all the time. <laughs> I, I think they're going to go up on these guys just because of the offense, but that's something to keep an eye on over-unders. I think yeah. you said it, uh, you know, 18 returning starters, eight offense, 10 defense. So that's, I mean, that's the big thing. Can they stop anybody? <laughs> well, well, they put up 600 yards on Florida and Alabama and got outgained in both games. <laughs> by Again, yeah, I gave my 100 yards by Alabama. 723, yeah. put up on them. Which was, that it was, was actually not watch, easy. But, but yeah, I mean, obviously that's where they need to curb. Now that over might be priced in a little bit this year. So you might see some crazy over-unders at the start of the year. Yeah. That's what I said. If you can find a 65 and then even build from there, but that that's probably the, the floor you're going to get, I think Definitely. is right around there. 
All right, let's keep it going. Let's go with who I personally have as my number four team, not the number five is what I'm looking at. I'm going to go with the Auburn Tigers. And we here at Notebook Wagering are not big on Bo Nix, but I'm going to give Bo Nix a little backing just because he's a junior. I think he's, I think he's a winner. I think he's a tryhard, which is excellent. They have a great running back this year in Tank Grigsby. Six and five last year. I think they can get one more win on it. It is a new coach named Brian Harson. Their schedule starts out really, really easy. They grab Akron and Alabama State at home, but then they have to travel to Happy Valley. That's going to be a really tough game for them. I actually said on the show a few weeks back, I actually think they can go into Happy Valley and he got a win. Then they grab Georgia State at home. LSU at home, which could be huge. They could start out the year 5-0, and in my opinion, and then they're going to hit their meat grinder. But I think down the stretch, they can get two more wins. The Vegas over-under on these guys is a solid seven, not seven and a half. Over odds of plus 110. I think I'm going to throw some more money on another plus number and be the outlier here. Uh, Kaminsky, what do you have? Well, as you mentioned, the, the schedule starts really easy because extremely hard that third week, I say as a Penn State fan, extremely hard. Um, no, actually, as a Penn State fan, I'm a little concerned about that game only because, you know, Auburn's not really equipped with receivers. And I think Auburn is going to run the ball maybe 70 times against that Penn State defense, which is really small up front this year. Um, we'll get to that in the Big Ten, but it's, it's not a great matchup, um, but it will be a crazy environment. It's the first whiteout with people in two years. Um, SEC school coming in, it's going to be a fired up crowd there. So that's going to be tough. And then that will put pressure on Mr. Nix, as you mentioned. Uh, we have to drop a Bo Nix season in full effect here. Right? With a shout out to the action podcast. Uh, always entertaining there. But uh, <laughs> now he's the biggest question because they really don't have great raw receivers. They do have a great offensive line. They do have a good running back, probably the best running back in the SEC, possibly. Well, besides, it's not in uh, Tuscaloosa. And uh, so, I mean, they've got some weapons good linebacking core, the secondary and defensive lines are kind of middle of the road for SEC. So it's going to be a solid team. Um, you know, you look at it, they go to A&M, so that's going to be tough. They get Bama at home. They're always feisty, but this, is a, this isn't Gus Malzahn at home against Alabama. So you don't really know how he's going to react in that game because no one had better success against Alabama than Malzahn. Um, and you get Georgia at home, you go to LSU, um, you know, It'll be interesting. I mean, that's kind of an underrated rivalry there with Georgia. Um, I think that won't be a great matchup, though, because I just don't think they have the weapons to get through that defense. Um, you know, I have them a little bit below Ole Miss. I just don't think they're going to be able to put up points. I think their defense is slightly better, but not all that much better. So I'm going to look at them maybe more in the 6-6 six and six line than probably an under as opposed to an over, like you mentioned. Yeah, I mean, it comes down to Bo Nix. I mean, it, uh... I, and Matt said, like, I think, I don't know how, I, I, I think he's a good competitor. He just has to produce. I mean, this is weird hire too. I mean, I think the guy they brought in out of Boise, but I don't know how great the hire is personally. I think the guy did okay at Boise State and they brought him in. Mason, defensive coordinator. You know, I've listened to some different shows and read some things. You know, Mason, a lot of people brag him up. Oh, he's going to change the defense. But if you saw his numbers 
when he went into Vandy and he took James Franklin's team and the recruits, the numbers kind of went down on defense. Now I'm not saying he was, you know, he had a defensive coordinator, but you think he would have had a lot of say there. I don't know how much he changes. I think it's Mike Bobo, an offensive coordinator, the old Colorado state coach comes in. I think it's a weird coaching staff. Nick's again is the big question mark, big arm accuracy is not the best. Hasn't been Keep an eye on that. I agree with Jace. Big offensive line, great running back, like Matt said. Look at the schedule, though. I mean, they could easy 2-0. I think we could put a team together and go 2-0 in those first two weeks. Penn State, tricky game there. Man, if they could steal that game, then they're at home against Georgia State, 19.5-point favorites. Then they go to LSU, and right now only a a 3.5-point dog. That's another one they could steal. You never know. This team could be really out of the gate. Then you got Georgia, which is still even Georgia. I'm so high on Georgia. And right now what I'm looking at, it's only four and a half point spread. That's crazy to me. Then Arkansas, then could this team steal some games? Yeah, I think they could. I mean, could this be, if Nick's really goes to his potential, this could be a team that could really go off the charts here and we could be all wrong. I have them between seven and eight wins. I'd lean more with the seven. Yeah, I mean, the seven number is spot on by these guys. But if we're going to give out a play, like I said, I'm going to give – I'm going to go one better. I'm just going to see if they can get over to the eight. I don't really see it. I, I only see the seven. But I think what they're going to do there too is Bo Nix had 108 rushing attempts last year, almost as much as the lead running back. I think they're going to do that again. And now they have Sean Shivers. I think three guys are going to have over 100 carries for these. And convinced you might be right. They might go into Happy Valley and run it 70 times just to keep keep Penn State off the field and just try to shove it down their throat with their big O line. Maybe he got a win. I'd love to see these guys start out 3-0 and and have my bet look a little bit better. Smitty, you want to give out Q's numbers too? Yeah, let me uh, get on here. I, I agree, Matt. I think this is this a team with the schedule. I, this this is an interesting fall of the whole year. Even if I don't put any a bet on this, this is a team that I'm going to really be tracking. Q has them at five and seven. Ooh, man! So he's not getting it. So more or less, he's not getting a Christmas card from the Bo Nix <laughs> or, or, or from but. Arkansas. I think he's got sunburn down there. I tell you what, though, I can see five and seven because of what Smitty mentioned with the coordinators. You got Derek Mason. That's not a sexy hire at all. You know, never really established an identity at Vanderbilt. Uh, Mike Bobo, extremely conservative offensive coordinator, was extremely conservative with South Carolina last year where he coached. And you look at this team and their offense, they have great tight ends, an offensive line and running back. They're going to run it. I mean, it's going to be a really boring offense. Now, that might help them stay close in games, but it might be a little deceiving because the margin may be tighter and it also might open that back door up for an upset or two. Um, so I think with Hugh and I kind of taking the under, I think that's the way we're coming at it. And I can totally understand your point though of, of going over because the schedule does set up fairly favorably. They can definitely, you know, they'll be in the mix. It's a talented team. It's just that a lot of transition here and you're bringing in that Mountain West head coach who's really, I mean, he coached in the SEC, but he has he really coached in the SEC. <laughs> I mean, wasn't that a weird hire? I mean, I, I'm just uh, when I hire when I see schools that hire. I mean, is he 
I don't know much about him. So you guys can correct me if I'm, you know, wrong here was, I mean, the guy's out of Boise state and now you're bringing him down in the SEC area. I mean, how's he going to recruit down there? Does he have a lot of time? And again, I agree. I mean, just listen to some other shows, you know, every, some people are very high on the defensive coordinator, Mason coming back. But if you look at his numbers, it wasn't good. The defense has got really, it went way downhill. And you think again, hiring a defensive guy coming in to be the head coach, you think that would have kept up or maybe got the people in there and it really didn't happen. And Bobo, Bobo was at Colorado state, correct? Yes. That's where he is a head coach at. Yeah. Yeah. He was at the head. See, I liked him. He was the offensive coordinator at Georgia kind of ran into some health concerns. I mean, I remember watching him on the sidelines really like kind of limping around and they said he had like some, I don't know if it was circulation issues or something like it seemed like his health was kind of in some jeopardy a little bit there. I don't know if that affected him at Colorado state seemed like a good coach. I really liked the hiring seemed like it was taking the program to the right direction, but it kind of fell off. And so hopefully his health is okay and everything there, but I don't know. I, I, I I'm just going to circle it again. I think Bo Nix is the big, the big question mark. If he plays extremely well, like they think, and they can steal that Penn State game, man. This could take off. I'm gonna write to Bo Nix after this show. Tell him he's Bo got Nicks. he's got Bo Nix on the show. He's got some big shoes to fill. All right, let's jump into the top three. So a lot of people are going to pencil in LSU as probably the third or fourth team in this side of the SEC. I'm gonna pencil them in as the third seed. Uh, they only they can only go up from last year. Five and five. 18 returning starters, but we have a new asterisk to put on this. Quarterback Miles Brennan reportedly got injured today per our sources. So that's going to put a damper on some of this for me. Schedule shapes up relatively well. Vegas over under has them at eight and a half wins over plus 100 under minus 125. I personally have them on the number I'm going to go eight and four though. I'm going to sneak them under and maybe grab a little bit of the juice. I think it might be a not play depending on how long Brandon's out schedule shapes up. Well, like I said, they get McNeese state central Michigan early. They have a test out of the gate. They go to UCLA and we really don't know what's going to go on out there. Hopefully no COVID happens. Hopefully everything shapes up right. Their, their end stretch is actually nice, too. They grab Arkansas, Louisiana, Monroe. I think you can throw Kentucky on there. I think I think we can easily pencil these guys in for an easy five wins. Then it gets tough. Then you have the close games. I think they can steal UCLA early. I think they can steal Mississippi, Auburn, and Kentucky early before they get to Florida. I think they actually start out 6-0, and and then we'll see what shapes up for the rest. But give me these guys at 8-4. and four. Eight and four. I'll tell you what, the UCLA game is interesting. I I can't believe they got that scheduled the first weekend of the season. Uh, without a, a I think point. that's going to be a great game. I think it is, too. And I I would have concerns if I was Orgeron just because both of my coordinators are NFL guys. And you're going against the most collegiate offense there is in UCLA with the Chip Kelly spread. Um, you know, it just, you know, that's what got them last year. It started off on a bad foot. Bo Pelini kind of came in, brought in an NFL-style defense. And then they got torched by the air raid because they just basically were playing man coverage and it's getting picked all day. Um, Talent-wise, these guys, 
they just get better. You know, they're not quite at the echelon of Alabama, but they're in that next tier and they're creeping up. You know, they recruit Louisiana really well. There's just tons of highly touted kids all over the roster. Um, quarterback's probably the biggest issue. Brennan didn't play poorly, but they played poorly when he was the quarterback. Um, Max Johnson came in, played pretty well at the end of the year. They kind of got a little momentum at the end of the year, probably once they got some practices in. Um, the defense up front is excellent. The secondary probably is going to be the best in the SEC or at least rivaling Bama if guys play up to their pedigree. Uh, Ricks and Stingley are probably the two best corners, or at least NFL pedigree. Uh, linebackers aren't that great, but the SEC, all the linebackers are great, so it's not really an issue. I, I think it's really just we'll kind of see how good of a head coach Ed Orgeron is this year. I mean, when they won the national title, he everything he did worked. And then last year it seemed like they really kind of grinded you know, they got the five and five, but it was an ugly five and five. Um, so you replace both coordinators. You've already lost your starting quarterback or what we thought was going to be their starting quarterback. I'm going to go with the hot take here. Miles Brennan will not be an LSU quarterback ever again. Oh. I think he'll he'll end up being somewhere else. I think he'll, he'll get the writing on the wall here because they've got guys behind him. And he's not going to beat out Johnson a second time, I don't think. I think this was kind of his shot. Um, and unfortunately, injuries happen. So what are you going to have that? Uh, I, you know, looking at the schedule, UCLA concerns. I just really see them going out there and maybe getting some home cooking in Westwood and losing a really crazy high scoring game because that's really not their style of game. But after that, I mean, they get Auburn at home. They get Florida at home. I'm trying to see where they've got Bama. They go on the road to Bama. So that's probably going to be a loss. The LSU or the Mississippi game will be interesting because they get them the week after Florida. Total look ahead or total letdown spot there. So um, that might factor into how many points that uh, Ole Miss is or getting right there. Um, yeah, I look at I, eight looks good to me. Eight, I can see it, it's like right on the line. You know, I don't see anything either way. I think we need to see really how they transition to all the new systems and, and you know, whether last year was reality or the year before was. Smitty, not to jump in before you, but uh, so Ole Miss or LSU last year went to the four three, which is non typical for them. They're going to stick to the four three again, and as you said, Jason, the they have overall they have rated the number four defensive backfield because of Stingley. I mean, they're solid there, but I think they're still going to hopefully not get pushed around up front now going to the four three. So I think it does come down to those linebackers, but uh, a second year in the system might be good for them. That that UCLA game out of the gate, I think if they drop that, I think the under is easy to play to go the rest of the way. This is one a team that I'm extremely high on, and I'm going nine between nine and ten wins. Oh, and I'm not changing it because of the quarterback problem. I'm a Max Johnson guy. I like this kid. I think, you know, I know Q, we've talked about this team, and Q's like, I don't know, see where the wide receivers are okay. Some things I'm reading, they like their wide receivers. Excuse me. Offensive line ranked very high. Defensive line ranked really high. DBs extremely high. And like you said, Stanley, maybe the best in the game. UCLA game scares me too, though. That's a weird game going out there and i and i believe ucla opens up week zero against hawaii correct i believe that is correct 
Okay, so that always scares me too because you got a team that is going to play, and I believe that's in UCLA too, and Hawaii's going to come in, and they're not very good when they have to travel to the mainland, and they usually get trounced. So you get a week of Chip Kelly, and I think Chip Kelly's turning that team around, which we'll get into the Pac-12 here in the next couple weeks. But I think that kind of scares me. Then you're going out there. That game is a little tricky, but if they can take that game and steal that game – I mean, again, they're right now they're minus four at that game. McNeese State then, 39. Central Michigan, minus 20. At Mississippi State, they're one and a half. Then there's Auburn, three and a half. Man, you're looking at this. Kentucky's really close. There's a lot of close games. Florida's a pick em right now. I'm looking at this. At Ole Miss is a pick em. This team, I they can steal. I love Max Johnson. Like the defense. A lot of guys returning. I love this team. Give me high up. I'm rolling it. And I'll, you know, if they go three and something, I'll eat my words. I think it's a big year. I agree with you guys about the head coach. Um, you know, when he when he won, well, he should have won. He had a, the number one quarterback. He had great wide receivers. I mean, we 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 don't have to sit around here. You know, I always laugh about that with managers in baseball to college uh coaches and stuff when you have the talent you look like a genius when you don't have the talent yeah you look like a bonehead so i'm high though on this team i love matt you made a good point at the end of the year i love they get arkansas at home louisiana monroe and then the a&m game and we'll get into a&m here in a second man that they could steal that at home that's a tough place to play i like it i'm saying nine to ten wins i'm roll the ten wins i'm going high on this team Teaser King pounding the over. I'm pounding the over. So many grab uh, grab Q's numbers. I'll throw out another stat. So uh, I know this is kind of foolish to talk about, but LSU basically has maybe the best special teams in the SEC as well. So they have the best kicker in uh, Cade York. Stingley returns kicks. And they also have a kid named Trey Palmer who returns kicks, both rated extremely high. And I know it's dumb, but their long snappers rated the best as well. But I mean, that makes for a no, that's a third of the game. That is a big pull. Smitty, uh, I don't know. Your nine wins could be the key. I'm going to stick with my eight wins. Uh, what's Q's numbers? Q's, Q's at eight and four. So right with you. But I do want to say something. And I just want to run it by because, I, you know, I don't like injuries. And I'm not trying to sit on here and say that's a good thing that that guy got hurt. Because I don't know what was really going on. It sounded like I was high on Johnson. But it sounded like Brennan was going to be the guy. But can this, when you have a team that has a quarterback, Maybe some guys leaning going, oh, it should be Max, or maybe it should be this guy. No, again, I'm not trying to say that I'm happy the guy got hurt or anything like that at all. But does this help the team that, okay, we got our guy. We're ready to roll now. We have our quarterback. We're ready to go into the season, and let's see what happens there. So that might that maybe it's a blessing. I don't know. I mean, I think sometimes could this have been a team that was going to do one of those one quarterback in for one series, then back into another quarterback. I can't stand when that happens either. No, I think that's actually a good point that uh, that simplifies the decision, at least for the coaches. And uh, it's still early enough that they can take the offense in either direction, whatever suits Johnson better than Brennan. And then you also have the ace in the hole that Brennan will get healthy, right? And if my prediction is wrong and he does come back and then Johnson stinks, you know, you've got a pretty good quarterback coming, you know, save the day essentially, right? Um, so you can kind of save your 
season or rally your season if it gets off if it goes uh squirrely which you know i don't really see that happening but you know you never know people get hurt things happen but um no i agree i think that's a good point that you know you had a 1a 1b situation and now you have a one you know and then the old John Madden, if you have two quarterbacks, you have none. Well, you have one quarterback now. And uh, maybe that'll simplify it for them and they can be ready for UCLA. But I definitely think that's a trap game. I, I think it sets up perfectly. You get the going on the road to the West Coast against a team that's already played a week. You know, they always say your most improvements between game one and two. Well, there you go. And uh, still a pretty good coach in Chip Kelly, even if it's not the same level he was before. I mean, that's I one right. That, sorry, Matt. That's one right oh. there. I mean, I love LSU, but man, oh man, teaser game in that one. Oh, UCLA, <laughs> teaser king, come on now. I mean, it's going to be hard because I got a root for LSU, so I won't touch it or anything because I'm very, very high on them. But I, I agree. I, you know, it's that's a tough, and I think Chip Kelly, I think he has it going out there this year. I mean, we'll get to the Pac 12 and I'll have to really break them down. I haven't looked at that yet, but I think he has something going, but that that's. But it that don't it doesn't that schedule remind you what we just said about Auburn? There's so many like what it like oh if it goes this way, high ceiling. If it does, I mean I know that's with everybody, but man that is a that is a game right there that could just change that that season completely for that team. Absolutely. All right, as high as you guys were, well, I should rephrase, uh, rephrase that. As high as Smitty was on LSU, the number two team in the SEC West, in my opinion, is Texas A&M, and I am super high on these guys. Now, the, the kicker here is they had a great season last year, 9-1. and one. This is going to be tough to improve on, but I'm just going to rattle this off. Game one, Kent State win. Game two, Colorado win. Game three, New Mexico win. Game four, Arkansas win. Game five, Mississippi State win. Game six, they come up out against Alabama. Someone in this league is going to beat Alabama this year, and I think it's going to be the Aggies at home. I know they're one and eight against these guys, but, uh, I mean, it's it, somebody's due, I, and I'm, I'm going to play the gut on this one. Then I think they get Missouri a win, South Carolina a win, Auburn a win. That puts them – at nine wins, in my opinion. And then I think down the stretch, they're going to struggle. I think they're going to lose two of their last three with the cupcake preview. I think AM is going to go 10 and two, but I'm going to throw up a huge asterisk on these guys. They lost a lot of starters. They lost Mond. They lost four linemen. They do have really good backups and capable starters coming in. But the biggest question mark is who's going to be the QB? And they actually might go with a three QB split right now. Hayes King is the starter and he's got a good arm, not great arm, uh, but he can really run him and Spiller together. I think are going to cause havoc on this on the country this year. I'm going to keep my stick to my word. This is my go-to team this year, 10 and two. I think Jimbo's going to earn his money this year and possibly get them into the final four and a playoff. Oh, wow. Final four and playoff. I'm not as high on them as that, just because of the things you actually mentioned, where this was the first year of the Jimbo era where they lost a lot, right? And you always see that with programs when they're building up, they kind of have the same core. Well, this is a new core now, right? You, you lost Mond, you've lost a bunch of guys, you got a brand new offensive line. I mean, the defense returns intact for the most part, so that should get them through. But 
you got a quarterback who I think had four attempts and two completions last year. So, I mean, like you said, a three-headed quarterback is just a recipe for disaster because you're going to have it divided among if no one breaks themselves out. So I think that's the biggest risk to their season. In college football now, if you don't have a quarterback, you can't get to the level that you're talking about. You just can't. Um, especially in the SEC, you know, that's really what separates the great teams from the very good. Um, so I, you know, to me, I can see what you're saying. Like you look at it, they're still they're recruiting great every year. Now Fisher has a whole program rolling and the really, the only question mark is the quarterback. And, you know, he's a highly recruited kid. It's just, he hasn't played. Um, so, you know, I'm not quite as high as that. Um, they're probably a little be a little more consistent than LSU. I think LSU has a little more variance where they could get really good, or they could also go back to being LSU where they lose three games and you don't know where they're at, but you know they're going to happen. Um, you, you look at the schedule; there's enough cupcakes. The Colorado game is a little interesting to me, but I don't think Colorado is in a position to really um, scare them. I think that's a tricky game going to Denver. Um, at least you get it at a neutral site; you're not playing it at the small place up in Boulder. Uh, New Mexico is basically a one double A program running around at this point. Um, and yet Arkansas, like you said, you really get into the schedule where you can have some momentum and they can have some confidence. So I kind of understand where you're going with that, especially the Alabama game. Um, that's going to be a huge game. That's probably going to be CBS three thirty, right? Big time middle of fall, you know, the games you look for. Um, and they're both teams are coming in with inexperienced quarterbacks. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I think the line's about nine and a half. I, I think I have them at nine and three this year just because of how much they lost. Um, and I think it's, they might stub their toe on someone we can't see right now. Um, maybe it's a look-ahead spot in Mississippi State looking ahead to Alabama. Um, like I said, I don't, I don't think it's necessarily a step back. I just think this is what happens to programs when they have that first really good breakout year and they lose a lot and they kind of need to work their way back up. So, yeah, I'm, I'm under on the nine and a half. I think nine and three. So not too far under. So I'm going to get my birthday's coming up. And I told my wife to get me the from one of our favorite sites, Home Field Apparel, the 12th Man T-shirt. That's my new T-shirt I'm going to be sporting here. I'm with Matt. I love the over. I'm very high on this team, too. Agree with everything you guys said. I think you guys just sitting back and listening to both you. You both had great comments. Quarterback issue. Let's let's start on that. King. Jason said it. Four passes. 59 yards. One touchdown, one pick. In their quarterback room, they only had guys that have thrown 28 passes combined. That's a problem. That's like if we're down there going to quarterback for Texas A&M, that'd be great. But, man, running backs. Spiller is one of my favorite college football players. Love Spiller. I, I'm going to butcher this guy's name because that's what I do on this show. I butcher people's names. <laughs> a Chaney or a Chani or something. He was the Orange Bowl MVP, 140 yards, two touchdowns. Another great back. They got two great backs. But one of you said this. Their offensive line lost four people. So what were you going to do with this team? Well, you were going to pound the ball. And King can run the ball a little bit too. Well, now is your offensive line going to be okay? I'm a little concerned with that. But two great tight ends, uh, Jalen Wittemeyer, uh, Baylor Cup coming, uh, Cups coming back finally uh, in this. 
Wide receivers, not horrible. I don't think they're that horrible. They're going to pound the ball. But if you look at what I'm looking at in their schedule, and Matt really went through this, they're 11, they're favored in 11 games. And the only game they're not favored in is the Bama. And you would think Alabama is going to be a big line. I mean, I know it's in Texas A&M. It's only eight and a half. Well, that can change. That's that's not. I like this team. I have in between nine and ten wins, but I have a little asterisk. And I said, play the over, play the ten, or maybe even higher on this. I'm all over Texas A&M. I'm with Matt. I'm high on this team. I think this is the year that he gets them in the playoffs. They were there close last year. They did lose a lot. I agree. And I'm concerned about quarterback and the offensive line. I think they figure it out. They have enough weapons. Schedule, I think, to me, looks fantastic. Love the over. I'm rolling with Matt. I'm taking the over with Texas A&M. Smitty, while you dig up Q's numbers, I'll throw out a couple more tidbits. So the O-line is concerning, but Jimbo has had four years of top eight recruiting classes so he has the depth now these kids just need a little seasoning hopefully they can get it early out of the gate with kent state colorado new mexico i mean that's three warm-up games that they should be able to get ready and get go for the big boys and they do have a transfer jameer johnson from tennessee so he can come in and start so it doesn't leave him completely void of starters they're going to have a little bit of seasoning there but yeah the qb is the biggest thing here i i still think Jimbo's going to find who it is, and I don't think he's going to be afraid to go with uh, three guys rotating in and out. And I'm glad you did bring it up, though, Smitty. That kid did only throw four uh, four passes. His QBR, 206. Very solid. <laughs> <laughs> but here, you know, here's the thing, and I'm going to say this. The thing about college, and we worry about quarterbacks so much, but if you can run the ball, and so many of these offenses are – you know, you throw a quarterback, an athletic quarterback and shotgun, and they can take it and they can roll out and throw a quick ball to somebody. You can get good. Like you just said, you're, you're telling me that somebody can't get good playing Kent state. They're, they're favored by 27 points. Then they play at Colorado. And that, you know, I agree with Jason. Hey, that could be a tricky game going out there. You better be prepared. Colorado didn't have a great, you know, they're kind of trying to rebuild, but then you play New Mexico and you're 33 point and a half point favorites in that game. Come on now. This is like you said, the schedule matches up to get somebody right here. Or like you said, Matt, maybe play two quarterbacks. I don't know if they'll go three, but at least two and figure out someone's going to get hot here. It's college football. They, they, they figure it out. I do like, I'll say what though, those games, those first two games, though might be a little tougher than they look just because Kent state is picked to win their side of the Mac. They return 18 starters, um, and it, it's not a situation where, you know, they have comparable talent, but they, they have their guys who've been there. They have a quarterback who's actually pretty decent, right? Colorado's biggest issue is they don't have a quarterback. That's the biggest thing there. But there was a pretty good team last year. At least they started off hot in the COVID-crazy Pac-12 schedule. Um, so they'll get tested. I, I don't know if they'll cover those games. They will win them outright, but there's definitely two little leans there. I think where they may be giving way too much just because of what you're talking about. Like there's, you know, people see a direction that Texas A&M is going. There's no question there. Um, and, Kent, and Kent State, correct me because on previous shows, and I haven't dove into the Mac yet, but Kent State's one of the fastest offenses in the country. Yeah, they're gimmicky, right? 
Yeah, they're very gimmicky. Yeah, I mean that's a tricky. I agree with you there. That's a high game. That's a high spread in that. That I agree. Kent State's not supposed to be bad. And if I'm correct on that, before I dive into numbers, they they run a very high pace offense that could be tricky in that. Texas A&M wins the game. I agree. That's a lot of points, though. A lot of points. I agree with you, Jason, on that. That's what it is. I mean, and going to Colorado with a freshman or you know basically a freshman quarterback on the road always testy you never know what you're going to get and but you like you said they have the running game they have the recruit i mean the pedigrees there the recruiting's there it's just these guys need to get experience so you has them at 11 and one wow. He's with you guys. I'm, I'm the dissenter this time so we can so jason's gonna have the bragging rights or we can just make fun of jason for a long time so yeah hopefully sure. we're getting up on him <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that leaves us one team to go. We all knew who it is, who it was going to be. Let's head to Tuscaloosa and check out the Alabama Crimson Tide. I thought we were going to talk about Vanderbilt. Oh, God. (laughs) They're just too smart there to be good at most sports. All right. Bama, Vegas odds, 11 and a half wins over plus 100, under minus 125. I'm going to start this off a little differently. Here's what I'm going to do. Here's what they lost. Mac Jones, Najee Harris, Devonta Smith, Jalen Waddell, three linemen, Alex Leatherwood, Landon Dickerson, Deontay Brown, defensive line, Christian Barmore. Uh, they lost a linebacker, Patrick Sertan. They lost everything. I, I mean, they lost studs galore. They're returning only 11 starters. I think this is not a down year. I think this is going to be a tricky year, and we're going to see how good Mr. Saban is. I think he's going to end up winning coach of the year. The problem is they have to go undefeated to meet that number of 11 and a half. I see a slip up in there. and I, I, I said it last team we did. I think they're going to slip up and lose to A&M, but I think they're going to go 11 and one, make the final four again, but I would have to play the under here. I, I, it's just, I mean, Vegas has it set a minus number for a reason. I'm going to stick to it. I can't give these guys the, the plus. I do love their quarterback. I think Bryce Young is going to be legit. I love the running back and Brian Robinson. They have another good receiver who's going to step right in and John Mechie. They had three freshmen play from the O-line. Those guys are going to be fine. They all got starts and played. The defense is probably going to be the best in the country, and I think that's their savior. But I think they're going to slip up somewhere. Hopefully it is the AM. Give me these guys the under, but I still think they go 11-1. and one. Yeah, no, I like the under, too. Um, and it's like you said, you, you look at it, and you got at Florida, you have at AM at Auburn, right? Any of those three games could get them. You know, and that seems like when they stub their toe, it's usually, you know, on the road somewhere or at Auburn. So, um, you know, I'm not quite as high on the defense. Like I, I, I've heard that a lot on the things I've listened to and read as well. I mean, obviously the recruiting's there. These kids can all play. Um, I just think that their defense is a little bit figured out. Um, that scheme's really popular right now with the whole rip Liz, you can go on the internet and you can see basically Alabama's whole defensive playbook because people have studied it so much. And I think the teams know how to attack them now, now whether they can do it or not, that's a whole different matter. But, um, you know, you mentioned that the three number one draft choices off that defense last year, they didn't play to that level for most of the year. Um, uh, I think they kind of catch a break this year. They open with Miami. 
I don't know if Derek King's going to be ready for that game. That would have been a much more interesting game if you get 100% Derek King with the way Miami's kind of tracking just because of the speed and look like they kind of were on the right track last year. But they can't stop the run, and Alabama's going to be able to run the ball just perfectly fine. Um, it's the same deal. You just have a really inexperienced quarterback going through this schedule, and you have some tough road games. Um, it seems like the schedule's kind of spread out nicely where – you have a test and you kind of have a cupcake and then you have another test and you kind of have the week off or a lesser team. So they don't get any like murderers row set up in here from what I can see. Um, I think it's just, it makes sense to go with the under. I don't know where the loss is going to come from. I just feel like it is. You have three starters returning on offense, which is crazy. That might be like one of the lowest in the country, just given all of the eligibility rules that have gone on. I definitely think that 11 returning starters has to be in the bottom third as well. So, you know, all these kids are going to be good. They're all going to play in the NFL. I mean, the, the list you gave us, that's crazy. Almost all of those guys are going to start for their teams the first year. I think only yeah. uh, the one offensive lineman is probably a backup. Um, it's a super talented team. It's really just a matter of fact whether they mesh or not. It's, uh, But, yeah, I agree. I think it's an under. I think just logical that with those three row games, they're going to drop one of them. Or maybe there's someone – maybe LSU at home gets them. Um, but, yeah, that's I'm leaning that way as well. This is very easy to go dead last on this show because you guys are so talented with your info. I can just kind of slide in here and I'm opinionated and that's what I've done on this show. And I, I kind of, but it's so easy because again, I'm sliding into, and the whole show, if you play the show back, you're going to listen to me go, Jason, you're right on this. And Matt, you're right on this. So this is pretty easy. So I'm going to say it again, Matt, you were right because they had, they lost so many playmakers on this team. They lost, they had six players in the top 24 in the NFL draft. Five of them were on offense. I mean, what program does that? That's, I mean, usually a team that has that, you're like, we're going to be horrible the next year, but we're going to reload. Also, I'm going to, I put a little asterisk coaching changes, you know, um, Sark leaves, goes to Texas. You bring Bill O'Brien in, and, man, did I bash Bill O'Brien in the NFL. But I think the guy's going to do okay as an offensive coordinator here at Alabama. And I talked to Dr. Brent because we we got on. He goes, well, who might take over Alabama? Let's say if El Saban finally retires. And he said this. And I said, well, I'll tell you right now, Bill O'Brien, if he's there and he coaches, let's say, a year or two at offensive coordinator, he saved the Penn State program. Now, Jason's the Penn State guy. I'm not. Uh, and he might disagree with me, but, I mean, he kept that program afloat when they could have been maybe on the death penalty and guys stayed there and played for him. So he did something right in college. I think he was a bonehead in the NFL. When you gave him all the keys to the Texans and said, make all the moves and you're the genius, I mean, he's a bonehead, and I made fun of him all the time. I think he's going to be fine in Alabama. I think he's going to do a good job. Like you guys said, I'm going to go with the, I'm going to go, I really like the kicker. And you're going to say, what, the kicker? Yeah, I'm going to say the kicker. Extra point, got to him. money, field goals, money, never misses. That's big. You get in a close game, that's, that's unbelievable. So I'm going to bring him up. First time I think I ever brought a kicker up on the show. Quarterback, I agree. I, you know, again, only mop-up work. Is he any good? Probably he's at Alabama, but we'll have to see. I think they have a lot of talent. They're really good. You guys said it 
absolutely perfect again, they're going to slip up somewhere. I mean, where, Florida, and again, Q, if they flip, they, they, they flop at Florida, we'll never hear the end of it. Q will talk about it for the next six years. So hopefully that doesn't happen. You know, I'm looking at it right now. They're big time favorites, but they're at Florida. Then they're at Texas A&M. And then they're at Auburn. And you guys, both of you said that. There's three games. And remember, these are college kids. There's, there could be, a, there could be a, too, much, too much party in the one week before the game or something. Uh, you got to play the under in this. I think they lose one game for sure. I think Smitty, you want to dig up Q's numbers? We'll throw in a couple more things. Yep. So I, I'm just gonna I'm gonna throw out two things real quick. And sorry to cut you off, Kaminsky. I I actually am not afraid to throw a, a ten dollar wager on Bryce Young to win the Heisman. Who knows? I mean, he could come out and light it up. Brand new system. Their offense is gonna be good. It's been good. I mean, it's been amazing for the past decade. Basically, they just reload and just keep firing. And I want to go back one team. Another guy I might throw a little money on, Isaiah Spiller for AM to win the Heisman. I think he's going to be the best back in the country. He just needs to score more touchdowns this year. Yeah, yeah. I, I like – I love the Heisman talk. I mean, I brought up JT Daniels last week, and I think you're right there, Matt. I love Spiller. Spiller is one of my favorite running backs. The other guy, like I said, I butchered his name probably, but that scares me a little bit there. Um with the, the two back system there, but, uh, and why not Bryson? I mean, that's, and there, here's the whole thing. Like we said before, this conference is the best in football, but man, there's all, isn't there a lot of question marks at quarterback? Absolutely. And it's going to be, and it's going to be so much fun to sit in on the couch and have a nice cold drink and watch these games every week and go, man, Bo Nix sucks. Or Bo Nix is the best. Or Bryce Young, man, what did we talk? That's going to be entertaining because, again, this is the big boy conference. This is the conference to watch all football, even if you're not a fan. You know, a fan, I, I'm a Michigan fan. I like Big Ten football. Sometimes it's boring, but, man, when the SEC's on, I'm watching the SEC. Q is Q as I'm undefeated. Woo! And I can't believe it because he on the last show he said Florida, Florida, Florida is going to beat him. I can't believe he marked in there. Maybe, maybe we got to him. Maybe. <laughs> but no, I, you know, I, it's going to be unbelievable. But I love the the Heisman there, Matt. What you just said, I think those are two really. So I'm going to dive in a little bit more with the Heisman here coming up. But I think those are two really good plays too. No, I agree with a uh, young being a Heisman candidate. I mean, that's the highest profile program. If you're the quarterback and they're 12 and 0, I mean, he's going to easily make the top five just off of that um, because his plays play will be there, right? Yeah, Bill O'Brien, you know, everybody talks about Penn State and that he did save the program. He did do a great job of keeping guys from leaving when they were allowed to leave. But the biggest thing he did that probably no one will ever talk about is that he took that offense from like the Stone Age to the Space Age, literally in like one offseason. They were running the same offense that the Patriots ran at that time, um, you know, and they were going to the offensive line with, or to the line of scrimmage with two plays, which is what you see from NFL teams. Like you just don't see college teams do that that often. Uh, it was night and day, and he got points out of a offensive lineup. It was Allen Robinson and not much else. Um, so you know, he turned um, Matt McGloin into like an all-conference quarterback. 
So now you give him all these tools, you know, I don't know, you know, he had good tools in Houston. And like you said, he kind of got in his own way uh, trying to be GM instead of just a head coach. And I think that happens to a lot of coaches in the NFL. Um, but, you know, from a scheme wise, I, I'd love to have that offense back because it was balanced. Um, they ran the ball, they passed the ball equally efficiently. He, he had offensive linemen who weren't that high recruited playing really well, just as well as they've played since then. So um, he takes a lot of flack and deservedly so, but he's a still a good football coach and he'll, he'll like the fact that he's not in the spotlight here and he can just be an offensive coordinator. Um, that was the thing he hated at Penn state was he hated being the face of the program. Something James Franklin embraces, uh, O'Brien hated. He wanted to be an XO's guy. He didn't want to be the CEO, um, you know, out in front, sending the message and recruiting the kids. He does the things he hated. Um, so yeah, but no, like you said, the SEC quarterbacks too. Um, you know, Phil Stills top four, uh, Coral, Daniels, Jones, and Young. I mean, Coral probably has twice as many snaps as those three combined. So, you know, it's a lot of uncertainty at quarterback. You know, you have it at LSU, you have it at Alabama, you have it at Georgia. Whoever figures it out first, you know, they might get a leg up on Alabama. That'll be interesting to see. So I'm going to do a little quick table discussion here. So I think that, so I was just looking through an overall picture of the SEC. I think besides Ole Miss, I think we're going to see a lot more smash football coming out of the SEC this year. The the running back class they are putting together is loaded. Sure, they lost Najee Harris, Roundtree, a couple other guys. Uh, the kid from Kentucky, Rakeem Boyd, was actually a good back. But they got Spiller, Chris Rodriguez from Kentucky, Tank Bigsby from Auburn, uh, Jerrion Ely from Ole Miss. Georgia's main guy is going to be Zamir White. Uh, Coral actually runs the ball. The quarterback for AM might run the ball. We're, I think we're going to see a little more smash mouth, maybe a little lower scores, except for that Ole Miss squad, who I think is going to have to outscore everybody. And then my second quick take is I pulled up the Heisman odds. Um, so we've been rattling off some names, and I said how much I liked Spiller. You can get a flyer on Spiller at 50 to 1. And just because we're roasting Bo Nix, even though we shouldn't be roasting Bo Nix, he's on the list, 50 to 1 as well. But our guy Bryce Young, 8 to 1. He's actually dropping. He started this, I believe, at 12 to 1, and he's dropping. So I think he's going to gain some steam. Might be a little bit of sharp money coming in on him. Hey, Matt, what's JT Daniels? JT Daniels is 12 to 1, right behind Bryce Young. And I think that's a great point. And I think we've talked about this is it's, it's so many question marks of these quarterbacks. There's a lot of young quarterbacks that are coming in. AM's a young quarterback, you know, Bama's a young quarterback, uh, LSU. Again, you had a battle there. Jo Johnson played, but you could try to run the ball there a little bit too. I mean, Auburn, you guys hit on and great tonight. I think they're going to pound the ball. I agree with you. I think you're going to see a lot more running backs, maybe, taken into it just because you have the question mark at the quarterback you don't have maybe major superstars at some of these schools that you you know like texas a&m you don't have a mond you have king that didn't play only through four passes or that you know as the season goes on maybe it's going to step up a little bit with pass attempts but early on maybe just try to like ease them into the system a little bit so that's a great point but yeah, I'm going to stick. I, I might, like I said, I, J, I haven't penciled in anybody. And when I do, I'll put it out on the show or I'll tweet it out. JT Daniels right now is my guy, Heisman. I mean, the biggest thing with Daniels, I would just think, is Georgia's offense going to showcase him enough. I mean, they've been so conservative and it's really cost them. Um, 
when they played Alabama, basically. Um, so yeah, I mean, if they if they stay true to their word and they open up the offense and take advantage of the talent they've recruited, he definitely can do it because they'll be they'll be right there and they'll be just as high profile as Bama will, and it'll probably be those two you know coming head to head on the SEC championship at the end of the season. So. Yeah, he's definitely got the opportunity. I mean, that, that's such a big part of it, right? It's just the team success is almost 50% of what the player success because these guys are going to put up numbers. And it's just like, will they get that high-profile game that gets them out there? So I got, before we, we sign off here, looking at the New Mexico State game against Bama, what would you guys do? I'm looking at a 59-and-a-half-point line. Matt, who are you taking? If you're giving me 59-and-a-half, I'll take a 63 to seven. Give me the 59 and a half. Jace. Trying to think how they played those games. They've been pretty. They've <laughs> well, been I'm pretty looking, good. I have in my notebook right here. They were only, if I'm correct, nine and four ATS last year, but man, people jumped on the first half. Bama crushed people in the first half. Yeah. Last year. Now, again, that was a different Bama team with a lot more weapons and everything, but only, I mean, nine and four. I mean, that's not bad. That's a good – I mean, you take them. I mean, you're winning money there, but – Yeah, they were interesting. They were one of the teams I looked at, and they were one of the ones where if you followed the money, um, you would have had a really good record. I think it was 10-2 if you followed the line move um, that, during the week for Alabama. I think, no, this is more of – you know, they like to play the kids, I think, in that game late in the year. That's why they schedule it that way, right, to get some of those highly touted on the field. And I don't know what New Mexico State's doing this year. I don't, if, if they're running some kind of option offense – Think they're not they're gonna cover if it's some kind of air raid, <laughs> then no. <laughs> that's a teaser. That's a teaser for like now. I would take I'm gonna I'd rule right now. If you have to say Smitty, make a play on that. I'm gonna take New Mexico State, but man, that's a teaser play. Yeah, give me the 59 and a half. I'll take the 59 and a half. <laughs> All right, boys. Great show. Uh that wraps up our SEC talk next week. I think we're gonna dive into the Big Ten, hopefully get a guest on. And before we go, though, Smitty, I can't believe you didn't bring it up. We have NFL action this weekend. Steelers, I believe, are minus one and a half favorites. Steelers. Oh, man. I, hey, you know, I love the preseason. And if you listen to some sharps, they love the preseason NFL plays. I've listened to some professionals, and they said they like it more than the season sometimes. They need committed. I love it. I love it. We it all have issues, Matt. Play? Like, we, we all have issues. Now. I don't know. I don't like betting on fifth-string quarterbacks. Oh, I, you know I'm throwing something down. I'll throw a little piece of money on. Here's the thing. Here's, here's my prediction. I threw this out to old man in the garage before we go. I said, here's my – Haskins beat out. He's going to beat out Rudolph. And then the Steelers are going to trade Mason – before the season starts to someone for a draft pick. A, a draft pick? They're not even going to get a hot dog from the wiener. They're going to get like a fifth. Yeah, they will. They'll get They'll get somebody. I mean, come on now. Bring Duck Hodges back. I don't care who he – no, that's my prediction. Haskins beat him out. And I'm not, I'm not a big Haskins guy, but he's going to beat him out. And Rudolph, somebody's going to get hurt. You saw Carson Wentz today got hurt. They're, they're scrambling with people now. Somebody else will get hurt. Rudolph will go to another team for about a fourth or a fifth round draft pick. There's my Steeler prediction for the end of camp. I think it would make sense to get rid of one of the two because it won't be good. I mean, you have Dobbs as your three. 
So, you know, you have two twos basically, right? So, yeah, I would think whoever win, whoever loses will probably go. I don't know if it'll be by a draft pick. It might be just by a waiver. But uh, I don't know. I'm not convinced. I want to see the games. I, it's funny. We talk about preseason. We're kind of making fun of it. But, uh, you know, games two and three, and the Steelers get an extra one this year because of the Hall of Fame game. You know, those three games, I think they're going to pay a lot of attention to how Haskins does when it's actual, like, you know, another team. Because it looks like he's showing in practice pretty well. He beat out Joe Burrow in practice. So let's not, you know, discredit him too much. Um, but it's, it's a whole different element, I think, when you're actually playing a little game speed. So we'll, we'll see who holds up better there. Because by all accounts, it does sound like Haskins is beating Rudolph pretty well right well, now. Well, here, here, here's the bottom line with Haskins. Put your time in. Put your effort in. When you go to Vegas, don't get too drunk and get your woman to smack your tooth out. and Maybe you'd be okay. I I don't know. I mean, I like a good time too, but uh, just don't get smacked by uh, your wife. And my wife has not hit me with losing one of my teeth yet. So I think Haskins can put it together. I'm not a big fan. of I love the preseason football. I'm excited. I think it's going to be good times watching it. I love guys trying to compete for a job. I mean, I, I really do enjoy it. And uh, like I said, I'm not making this up. A lot of sharps that I've listened to, said you can make a lot of money if you're a gambler in the preseason. Well, I also have a cousin who used to bet preseason football, and he had to run from California until his grandfather paid off his bookie. So it, it can go both <laughs> ways. <laughs> I mean, hey, let's have some fun Thursday night. I mean, I don't know. Ethan, I'm going to throw a little pizza money on there. I, of course, I'll go Steelers. I'll go Steelers on that. Awesome. I think they have the better quarterback. You know, the thing, before we go real quick, you look at deeper quarterbacks. Who is deeper quarterbacks? I think the Steelers do. Well, okay. So Haskins starts, Rudolph, maybe Dobbs. You uh, I mean, right? I mean, again, I'm just saying, can we get this? Is the Slippery Rock guy still on that team, Matt? I don't know. I think so. Does he get in? He probably does. This is his I'd game, love to right? see. I'd love to see him get some action, man. Won the Heisman Division Two. Get him on there. Get him some play. Let's go Steelers. Go Steelers. Can he take, take the, down Ben DiNucci? <laughs> take take the Steelers. Sneak over to your wife's purse. Open up the zipper. Creep over there. Don't let her listen to you. I'm giving you a play of the year right now. Take the Steelers Thursday night preseason game. Steelers gonna cover. Big time. Steelers pound the Cowboys. There's the prediction. Oh, awesome. my goodness. Wow. All right, boys. Great stuff. Let's wrap her up. Uh, everybody listening, don't forget, check out that last show with Steve Tannehill. Also, if you guys are big baseball nerds like us, go check out the show with Chris Owings. Hear what a real MLB player has to say about us. I got nothing else, boys, other than I forgot a huge tidbit. There is a kid playing for Alabama this, this year. His name is Kool-Aid McKinstry. You can't lose with Kool-Aid. <laughs> hey, on this show, we we cover it all, don't we? We cover it all. And I love how we go from one second and then into the Steelers. Our attention spans really quick, but that's we cover it all. Guess what? Again, big fat winners tomorrow night. I'm going to give another plug. That's my boy, Skippy, The Edge. Great show. Winners galore, too. Listen to Notebook Wagering. Listen to Big Fat Winners, and you're going to have a lot of money to buy Christmas gifts by Christmas time because we are the best in the game. That's what we do. Just remember, people, some people collect stamps. We have a notebook, and we find those winners. Thanks for listening to the Notebook Wagering Podcast. 
Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any episodes and be sure to follow at Notebook Wagering. Until next time.